what a joy. What a joy to be with all our church family. What a joy to be here. This is the house of God, and, and I'd like to welcome every member in this house today. Uh, if you are here for the very first time as a pastor of the church, I'd like to extend my welcome to everybody. Everybody, and I'm so thankful for my family uh, who is here from Arizona and Seattle and Dallas. Thank you so much. We love you. Thank you for joining us for worship here. And we have some families from uh, uh, the Arkansas. Uh, thank you so much, brother, being here. You know, when brother was sharing his testimony, I, I just was, you know, recollecting and reminding myself of the, the time we spent in Springfield, Missouri, where uh, Springfield is a very small town like Little Rock. And uh, we had no Indian families, no Malayali fellowship, nobody. But uh, thankfully, God helped us to plant a church there in Springfield, Missouri and help plant an uh, international church where we worship God and look for His presence there. So I'm glad that you are joining us. And come on, uh, now on, I know that nobody will complain how far you live because there's a member in our church who will always drive four and a half hours to get to our church. Come on, people. That is amazing. That is amazing. That is amazing. So God bless you. God bless you in all the endeavors and uh, with family, uh, Atul and Athena and everybody. May the Lord continue to bless all of you. There are more people. Um, I, I believe that God is opening doors and I believe God is bringing in people with like mind where we can worship our God in truth and in spirit. How are you doing today? Hallelujah. I always like to see smiling faces. Can, can, can you work on the, the EQ in this? It's howling a bit. I like to see some smiling, smiling faces. It always looks good. You know, when people are nervous, come on. I mean, what, you don't have to be nervous. In presence of God, you have liberty to, to, to smile. To be. I mean, if not here, where will you be happy? Come on, tell me that. If not here, where else can we find our happiness? Worldly people, you know, Friday nights, Thursday nights, our highways are fully packed because everybody wants to enjoy the beginning of their weekend by partying in different houses, partying in different places. But we party here. This is the house of God. And we need to know how to enjoy the presence of our mighty God. His presence is so amazing. His presence changes. When the presence of God invades a place, change is inevitable. Change happens and it becomes natural. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And today, it's a joy to see the corporate worship house. When we come together, we sing the Malayalam songs or Tamil or English or Hindi. Whatever songs we sing, we know one thing. That above all, our God is lifted high. Our God is lifted high. And wherever the name of Jesus is lifted high. Yeshu in the namam yavadellam uyarna tondo. Hallelujah. I don't have to go behind the devil and keep cursing him all the time. All that I have to do is look at the face of my Savior and oh God, I love you. Jesus, I love you. I long for your presence. The moment and the more I lift up the name of Jesus, everything else will come down. Oh, come on. Every other towers will break down when the name of Jesus is lifted high. And today, when we are seated here, I don't know what your circumstance or your scenarios, what are the walls, what are the towers that are kept you captive for many years. But one thing I know, 
one thing I know, when a body of believers believes in one thing and starts to march around, every wall will break down in the name of the Most High God. And I believe in my spirit. I believe in my spirit that when we come together, let's unite our hearts. Let's unite our mind and expect a great move of God in our midst. Never put anybody down. Never put anybody down. I don't like it, you know. When we immediately, we want to judge. I want to make sure that this is a house where we don't judge anybody. Are you trying to understand this? Church should be a place where you don't judge people. We come from different backgrounds. We come from, we all have journey. I'm, I'm not perfect as somebody else. And somebody else is not perfect as you are. We all have a journey. But we are on this journey to be with our Savior. And I believe church is a place where you don't need to judge anybody. Everybody comes here, feels safe in the presence of Almighty God. And He's the one who changes us. When man looks at the outward, God looks at the inward. How many of you have the ability to look inside? Some of our brothers recently went for some endoscopy and stuff, you know. Or uh, (laughs) whenever you do, only the doctors have these machines or machinery that ability to, to look inside but even then they cannot find and identify what's going on with inside your heart only God only God in front of you in front of him we are crystal clear we can put a fake mask in front of people but not in front of God we are crystal clear in front of God Almighty and so today as we all come together don't don't judge anybody we're all in a different journey but I'm thankful when when, when our English worship team were leading us into time of worship, I'm praying as they were singing the first song, God, we are here to make room. And last week, I, I preached about making room for God to work. Yeah. It's very important. It's very important in our life as we make room. You know, I don't know if you're rooming with somebody who you shouldn't be rooming with, you know, make room. If you are in a relationship with someone whom you shouldn't be in a relationship, make room. Avoid that person because that person may... May, come on, I'm not talking about you guys. You have wonderful roommates, right? I'm just kidding. But making room is so important in our lifestyle. As a Christian, we must make room. Whenever we get a new sofa set, you know, we make room by getting away the old one. Sometimes, you know, I've seen people who have three or four sofa sets because they don't want to get rid of it. And you have no place. Literally, I was in Nepal, you know, a few years ago. And this family had so many chairs in their house, like from generations and generations. I had literally, one, the house is small. Two, you know, they have so many chairs and they don't want to, you know, they are getting new chairs. They're adding new furniture, but they don't want to get all rid of the old one. So they place everything right there. And now, you know, as a guest, when I come there, I have, okay, where is your bedroom? Where is your hand wash? Where can I go? I'm looking for places to walk around and find my way to their restroom or their hand. There is no room. Sometimes it's what happens in our life that we must make room in our heart and in our mind. For God to deal with us. He needs space. Come on, somebody. God needs space. He needs our heart. With all my heart, I will worship our Savior. This morning, as we are looking into the scriptures to, to, to meditate, um, I want to bring your attention towards, towards a scripture portion that is beautiful. All scriptures are god breath, And it's all beautiful. And it's all powerful. But uh, this morning, as we look into... I had mentioned um, in our church group that this Sunday is worldwide looked as the Pentecost Sunday. What does it mean? It's the 50 days after um, the, the, the Easter, 50 days after resurrection. 
the Pentecost Sunday is celebrated throughout the world and they believe that one of these Sundays, one of these days or one of these gatherings, you know, it was the first mark of Pentecost, first mark where Holy Spirit descended and Holy Spirit came and, 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 and uh, you know, uh, dwelled among His people and they spoke in tongues and we see the birth of the New Testament church. That's the beginning of Pentecost. But what does Pentecost mean? Pentecost simply means that um, it's, a, it's a Jewish festival, one of the biggest festivals in Jewish custom uh, where the, on Pentecost they bring the first fruits of all of their harvest and they give it to the Lord. So on the day of Pentecost when the Spirit of God came down to dwell with His people, this is what happened. God marked all of those people as the fruits of the New Testament church. Are you trying to understand this? When the Spirit of God descended in the life of the disciples, in the life of all of those people, 120 people who were gathered in the upper room, and so the Holy Spirit descended on Pentecost Day, it just symbolically represents that they became the first fruits of the New Testament church and that's where you see the new covenant in Christ that's where you see the mandate to the apostles that's where you see a great encounter that happened and today you know for our understanding and looking into the aspect of Pentecost Sunday and also going into the series of making room for God to work in our life we were looking into this this scripture here and it's from um, Acts chapter 1 verse 12 to 14 Acts chapter 1 verse 12 to 14 it says, Acts chapter 1, verse 12 to 14. I'm going to read it for you. If you have your Bibles with you, please uh, take your Bibles. Thank you, Paul. If your Bibles with you, please take your Bibles. Um, um, Acts chapter 1, verse 12 to 14. It says, I'm going to read it for you. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, which is near the city, a Sabbath day's journey away. Verse 13. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. With one accord, they all continued in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with all his brothers. A beautiful scripture for our meditation this morning. When we look into the scripture, number one we see is, you know, verse 13 says, when they arrived, they all went upstairs to the room they were staying. They all went upstairs. Other translations would say, or the better word that they have used is they went to the upper room. Most of us have heard the term upper room. They went to the upper room. When Jesus was with his disciples in the, in, 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 in the last part of all the gospels, we see, Jesus goes to his disciples and says, you know what? You go to the city and you will find a master. You'll find a guy who, whom you will follow. And the house that, uh, you know, he goes to, go with him, follow him, and tell him the teacher needs to use your upper room. Are you trying to understand? In the last passages of the Gospels, we when Jesus was, you know, wanted to take part in the Passover, you know, the, the stories we all know when Jesus was having the last supper with his disciples, the last cookout dinner with his disciples, right? So Jesus invited, Jesus told his disciples to follow a master and then go with him, follow him into the town and the house that he goes, just tell him that the master, the teacher needs to use your upper room. And Jesus, you know, as the disciples heard from Jesus, they went, they followed Jesus and they went to 
into the, 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 the town. They found a master and the guy took him to the house. And, and as Jesus mentioned, you will find a fully furnished upper room. Are you trying to understand? My, I'm, I'm trying to talk to you about the upper room as Jesus is mentioning. And also the apostles, they were gathered in this place in this something called as an upper room. In the olden or in the, in the Jewish culture area, not every home had an upper room. Are you trying to understand this? Not every home had an upper room. Only the temples or the synagogues or the rich families, only they could afford, you know, in most cases, if you, if you don't have a lot of money, you will build only a single story house. If you have a lot of money, you'll go, at least back in India, that's the, the scenario. You'll build at least th second floor, third floor, fourth floor. You will just keep piling up. Here we have limitations in building, you know, different floors. But at least in India, the more, uh, the rich, you know, uh, um, you know Ambani, the, the, one of the richest houses in the world, you know, he has, I don't know how many floors, but I think it's more than 25 floors. So the more rich you are, the more upper rooms you can probably, Build. And this is pretty much the Jewish custom and tradition that teaches us here about the upper room. But what I'm trying to tell, talk to you about is, is to give, a, give you a background about the upper room that the disciples were gathered. It's not nothing speciality about the room, but what it denotes here is when Jesus asked them to gather together and wait for my spirit, they all were tired because their master has just left them. They all were anxious of the future because their master is no longer with them they don't know where next paycheck is coming from they don't know who is going to invite them the next all that they have understood so far is that the master have asked them to wait for somebody who is coming after me oh come on somebody are you trying to understand this upper room was the place where the disciples gathered to wait. upper room was the where the disciples decided, you know what? My master has gone, but he's promised us someone. So we are going to wait here. Upper room was a waiting area for the disciples. Upper room was a place where they sought out the face of God. They waited eagerly for somebody who is coming after Jesus Christ. And that's why everybody who is in ministry must have an upper room experience. Everybody who, who is a Pentecostal believer must have an upper room experience. Must have an upper room experience. That's your, 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 your it simply means you're waiting for the Lord to fill you. You're waiting for the Lord to be with you. You're waiting. And, and in the upper room experience does not die with one day. Upper room experience starts and it continues. Are you with me? Sometimes we have a, we have a, you know, we have a tendency all the time that only if we go to ICPF and we have that one night prayer, only then you're filled with the Onyabasha Aradhana and you are so full on in spirit and then rest of the year you have nothing to do. Or you have a fasting prayer that one night is your, is, is your upper room experience and after that you completely forget, you don't know which room to go to after that. No, 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 no. That's, that's not the truth. Upper room experience starts and it continues as your day progresses, as your life progresses. It must continue and it will show in your character as a believer. Amen. It will show up in your lifestyle as a child of God. Who you are is completely, completely starting from the upper room experience. Your experience starts there. Jesus said, you know, wait. And the disciples waited in the upper room. Repeat after me, upper room. Your upper room is very important. I don't know if you all have upper room or you have attic spaces. 
But wherever you are meeting with our Savior on a daily basis, that's the most important place of a Pentecostal church. Hallelujah. As a believer, as a child of God, your upper room is very important. Make it a habit in your life. It's not just a one-day experience, but it's a daily process of who you are in Christ Jesus. Lord, I wait for your presence. Lord, I wait for who you are to show up in my life and to change me completely. I wait for you, Lord. I am thirsty for you, Lord. Are there somebody who would say, God, I am thirsty for you. Are there someone who, who would say, God, I look for your presence. I'm waiting for your presence. Fill me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Transform me, O oh Lord. I wait for your presence. It's very important. The disciples waited. Can I tell you? ൂമ That makes a difference. That makes a difference. As a child of God, every day must be an upper room experience in your life. Even if it is for five minutes, when you sit with God Almighty, you should say, God, I seek your face. And then when you go and minister, there will be a change. When you go interact with your fellow people, there will be a change. Because you are identified as a believer in Christ. you will reflect his glory <laughs> moses was with god for so many days right when he came down his face was radiating why because from the upper room when he came down there is a glory that will transcend on your behavior you are a changed person after the encounter that you have in the upper room what is your upper room today where is your upper room today how is your upper room today my, 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 my you know i'm talking to most of our church folks here who are believers who are in in church ministry for many years i'm thankful for a team that is with me who who works ha- hand in hand with me in this world but again 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 don't just sit and bask in the glory of your 25 years of history sit there and say god not like 25 years ago i need a fresh encounter today i need a fresh anointing today i seek your presence lord that's what i look for moses spent time with god he came down his face was radiating with the glory of god almighty people who spend time with god you will notice their behavior is going to be different when sometimes when we pray in order to show off we can quote 100 scriptures Sometimes, you know, there are people who pray, who will quote a lot of scriptures. Sometimes I feel, oh Lord, it's okay if you don't quote a lot of scriptures. What matters the most is how is your lifestyle with those scriptures? Your upper room will change you completely. That's more important in our life. Your upper room encounter is valuable. Preserve it and continue to grow in it. Continue 
to dig deeper in your upper room experience. As we go, uh, as we go forward, you know, we see the upper room, number one, the first important thing it did was it united the disciples. They were all from different journeys. One of them wanted to go back fishing. The other wanted to go back into his tax collector business. Everybody had a background from there, where they came from. Three and a half years of their ministry, they are back to dig into their own businesses yet again. But you know, when they came to the upper room, their hearts were united. That's the most important part of an upper room experience because it should unite our church together. Oh, come on. Come on. Any fellowship that does not unite the children of God is not a fellowship from God at all. I make it very clear. Any fellowship, it's just a party time. It's just, it's just a club. It's just, just some sort of a fellowship where you are just, just enjoying without the presence of God. But any fellowship, any prayer service that unites the body of believers, that's precious. So number one that we see is the, 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 the upper room united the disciples together. Bible says they were filled with one accord, one mind. What I'm trying to say here is they had to make room in the upper room to gather all of these people. They had to make room in the upper room to gather the people to seek out the presence of God Almighty. I believe you know, as it was just mentioned, you know, I was just doing, going through the commentaries and looking into the aspect. Usually upper room is designed as a dining room for most of the rich families in Jewish Israelitic uh, customs. They had a lot of expensive furnitures around. They have a lot of expensive furnitures and a lot of lampstands and a lot of expensive stuff that they put usually in the upper room. It's kind of a guest lounge area. It's, it's a very, very beautiful place. They want to decorate it. They want to keep it safe. But in the story here we see, I believe for 120 people to gather in the room, they had to empty out the room so that the believers will come together with no distraction. With no distraction. Distraction will take you away from God's presence. Distraction, I mean, distraction could be of any sort. It could be valuables that is lying around. Or it could be people that is not yoked together in the right spirit. It could be any kind of distraction. It could be words from the other person. It could be their attitude. It could be the way they are judging you. It could be any sort of distraction that may place in, in, in your upper room. The first and important thing you must do is in order to bring unity, you have to get rid of all the distractions and make room. Make room. Make room. Make room. Are you with me, church? Hallelujah. I, 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 I know sometimes at meetings I always prefer to take my, uh, uh, you know, my Bible with me, the hard copy Bible. And also I have, I have my, all the notes are, you know, I, I type down all my notes and I keep it in one place on the cloud device so that in every device I'm, I have the access to my, but I prefer using a hard copy Bible. And recently I was visiting families and I was talking and, and, and the reason is because the more we have the, the, the devices, Bible app in the devices, it's very easy. We can always go back to it, but at the same time, you'll always have distractions. You tend to have notification and you tend to have text message and you tend to have a lot of stuff that keep coming and that will immediately distract you from the presence of God. 
Are you with me, church? Any sort of distraction that can take you away from the presence of God, get rid of that. Only then your upper room experience will be valuable. And we are here, we want to make sure that our upper room experience is valuable. It's sacred in our life. We're experiencing one-on-one with our God Almighty. How is your and what is your upper room experience? How have you treated your upper room experience so far? Have you forgotten your upper room? I still remember my upper room experience when I was just a fourth grader student. I had a desire. Fourth grader. How many fourth graders here? I had a desire to know who Jesus was. When my parents and my pastor was preaching, I had a desire. I went back home and I knelt down and I cried and I prayed, God, I want to know you more as a fourth grader. I said, God, I want to know you more. As a fourth grader, I took 21 days fasting because I want to know, know him. I stayed in my church and I said, I want to know you more. And I, I was not even baptized when I received Holy Spirit and started speaking in tongues. As a fourth grader, I started my journey with my Savior. And I said, God, it's for you I live. And I want to make sure that my experience is not limited in my fourth grade. It continues as I progress on in life. And even today, I'm thankful that I, every day I enjoy the upper room experience. Sometimes when I'm preparing for the message, I'm reading through the scriptures, the spirit of God just touches my heart so much and I start worshiping. And I am filled with the Holy Spirit and I'm filled with the presence of God at that moment. Why? Because I want to continue to live on in that. We can always talk about, you know, what is happening today? What is happening today, my friend? All that is good. I like all that. So I can tell you enough stories too. What is happening today? I'm praying. I'm praying. You know, we have a beautiful Tuesday night service. I'm praying we will find time. Every service in church, we have a fasting prayer coming. Every service, not just in church, but even in our homes. If it is just you alone, seek the face of God Almighty. Renew your upper room experience every day. That gives you the strength to withstand every trap of the enemy. That upper room experience. So far, Peter was running away. All the disciples were running away. You know what the New Testament Bible calls them? You know, the people who have changed the world upside down are here. They are here. Who are these people? They were unschooled people. School is point in the he stood in the upper room, waited for the presence of God. As team worship leaders, I'm praying that when we are standing together in the presence of God and worshiping together, have your experiences. Renew. Your, it's a desire. Nobody can. I cannot force you to read. I cannot force you to keep praying. I can keep. I can always put messages on the group me and say, "Hey guys, you know, pray 30 minutes, pray one hour." I can do that. And even other folks too. But it should come naturally. My desire to know God. My desire to wait for His presence. It may be 20 years you may not have been filled with the Holy Spirit. That does not mean you cannot be filled the next day or the next second. Your desire. Your desire. Your desire will help you meet with our Savior.
that's a beautiful experience. As we look into the scriptures and go forward, I want to bring your attention towards the upper room and the New, the New Testament. Why is it so important? And, and we look into, I mean, I'm again saying upper room, a room per se, it's not a very important deal. But what I'm trying to say is they got rid of their distractions in the ground level to get on the upper level. In the ground level, you will have a lot of distraction. Get rid of that. Get one with God. Are you understanding this? You know, in the ground level, you when you you know, you will ha in order to win your battles in the valleys, you will have to get on top of mountains. Oh, come on, somebody! Are you trying to? Understand? In order to win your battles in the valley, you have to make sure that you are on a mountain top. What does mountain top mean? It means a continuity of enjoy the presence of God. You know, life relies completely and totally on how close and how one you are with God Almighty. Today, look into your life. You know, God's presence should be like a magnet that keeps attracting us. But again, in the magnet, you have the North and the South Pole. Same charges. Does it attract? You have to position yourself in a way where the magnetic force is attracting you. You can always sit in a way where it does not keep repelling. It keeps repelling the North Pole. It keeps repelling and moving away from the attraction of that magnetic presence of God Almighty. But as a Christian, as a believer, as a born-again child of God, must make sure that we sit and position ourselves in a way, God, I want to learn more. I want to be in your presence. I want to know you more who you are. Lord, and as we were singing, Lord, so I want to give room so that I will decrease and you will increase. Amen. I will give room so that you will take control of my life. Amen. Upper room is very important. And today I'm challenging. I'm asking our church folks here. How is your upper room experience? How is your upper room experience? Make it a point that we continue to redig, Dig the wells of upper room revival yet again. Whatever Abraham dug. The enemies put mud into it. But Isaac decided, I will not let the enemy do it any longer. I will redig the wells yet again because I want to experience a new, fresh anointing of my God Almighty. As we look forward, we have to, I have to mention your, uh, bring your attention towards another portion. And as, as go forward, I want you to understand this very carefully. And then we will we'll sing and we will worship our God. And I want us to experience a newness in our spirit. In upper room, you know, you cannot build upper room with unrighteousness and injustice. Jeremiah chapter 22, verse 13 to 14. Jeremiah chapter 22, verse 13 to 14. It says, Woe to him who builds his house by unrighteousness and his upper rooms by injustice. What it simply means is, what I'm quoting about the scripture here is upper room denotes the presence of God. Upper room denotes where body of believers come together. When body of believers come together, that's why I reminded us as church earlier during my message that we should not be a group of people who judge each other. The moment you see people, we are ready to judge them. Oh, he is not fit for nothing. He is fit for nothing. He can't do it. Oh, she is singing. She can. You know how her lifestyle is. She is no. Who are you to judge? Who are you to judge? Do not build your upper rooms with injustice and unrighteousness. But everybody, as we partake in this worship in the corporate house, we need to know that who we are in Christ as an ambassador of God. When I come together, I need to make sure that my upper room experience 
is a body, is a place where we are united together with one another in one spirit. Why wonders don't happen? Because the body of Christ is divided. Why miracles don't happen? Because everybody has their own agenda. Why we don't see deliverances now? Because everybody have their own preconceived notion. Everybody have their own mindset in everything. But can we just get rid of that? And come in one accord, one spirit, no God, all that I know is you are the Lord who can save, you are the Lord who can heal, and you are the Lord who can transform. And today, we get rid of every other practices, every other injustice and unrighteous ways. And today, we come together to know, God, that only you and only you deserve the glory. We seek your face. We seek your face. In the upper room, there is an expectation. When you gather in the upper room, waiting must give you expectation too. The more we wait at some restaurants, we think that good food is coming out slowly and slowly. They are taking all the time. Sometimes you get very impatient. Recently, I was with someone and we went to a restaurant for nearly 20 minutes. Nobody came to receive us. We were just sitting, I was just saying, what is going on? Are they, did they know my order already or they started cooking? What is going on? Or they didn't even see me? What is going on? And I'm like, oh, I'm here. How is your experiences in your upper room? Upper room waiting period must increase the capacity of your expectation. The amount of your expectation. Expectation is the breeding ground of miracles. I want to bring your attention towards another scripture portion here. Where when we look into that, and I've, I'm during this time, can I ask the worship team to be behind me? So we go forward for the worship right after this. Acts chapter 9, verse 39 to 40. Acts chapter 9, verse 39 to 40. It says, Peter rose and went with them. If you have your Malayalam Bibles too, please read along with me. So that it will be better for all of us to understand. And sometimes, you know, what you have to know is when I bring out some scriptures, scriptures bring the deliverance in your life. So, it's better. Because that scripture is talking to you right there. And that scripture will bring a deliverance in your life. And as I'm going to read, Acts chapter 9, verse 39 to 40, it says, Peter rose and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows and beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. As she opened her eyes, when she saw Peter, she sat up. It's another scripture quote about the upper room experience of the early disciples. One, we mentioned about how they all eagerly gathered together in the upper room to receive from the Lord Almighty. And again and after that, you know, theologians help us to understand there were many other signs and wonders that was continuously taking place in the upper room experiences. Here in the story, what we see is in the upper room, you know, Peter was invited by people. And there's a lady, Dorcas, she, uh, Tabitha, she, she, she died and she was placed in the upper room. This is what I want to bring your attention towards. Listen to me very carefully. In the olden Jewish customs, nobody took a dead body to the upper room. Nobody wanted to take a dead body to the upper room. Because the, the pathway is so narrow and they don't want to, the, 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 they don't want to 
the embalmed body by taking the, 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 to the, up, the body to the upper room. So all they did all the time was place the body in the courtyard or place the body somewhere in the down, down ground floor. Nobody cared to take the, blow, the, the, the body in the upside at all. They didn't want to do that. But here in the story, what we see is the expectancy in the people that there is a miracle that is going to happen. Even if it is a death situation that you place in the upper room, how you place is very important. I don't think everybody is understanding this. Even if it is a death situation, the way you place your death situations reveals your faith in God Almighty. They could, I mean, because she died, they could easily place her in the ground floor. Everybody will come, visit her and go. But can I tell you, there was a promise on Tabitha's life and they realized it. And all the people, what they did was, they put the body in the upper room and called for the man of God. As he came, they prayed and the lady got up. Why? Because the attitude of expectancy, there was a breeding ground for revival. How do you place your dead hopes? How do you place your death situations? How do you place the dead life of yours? Do you think in the mighty church, shut the boy, not to much an angel for him. I think he pulled it on you. Yes, you cut on the one that I know. I think I got to the Jeeva. Praise the Lord. Some of us, you know, it's all past. I don't want to talk about it. It brings so much shame and disgrace to my family and to myself. Can I tell you something? My Jesus, you will walk into right that situation and he will change it. He will change it. How is your upper room? The expectation changes everything. Your desire changes everything. Today I'm asking you, church, make room for God to work. Sometimes God is not welcome your houses. We can sing two songs. We can hear two messages. We can pray loudly. We can do all that gimmicks. But at the same time, if you don't allow God to work in your life, what is the purpose of our gathering? This is a Pentecostal church. We believe in the work of the Holy Spirit. And we believe by boldness and truth that when we worship our Savior, He changes our lifestyle. Everything changes and becomes like God. That is the purpose of us. How is your upper room? How is your upper room? I want to take your attention to us. Can you all stand up in God's house? I want to take your attention as another portion here. I like the scripture because it gives me hope in my life. We may have big houses or not. We may live in a rented house or a broken house, whatever house. But I have a one hope in my God Almighty. You know what Jesus said? I am going to make some rooms for you. The blessed opportunity that I have, I will have an upper room with my God Almighty. He's going to build this place for me. He's going to, to create, to make a place for me. You know, when Jesus looked into the life of his disciples, he said, this is what he said, go to the town, go to the town and go to the town. You will find a man and the man will lead you to an upper room where the house is already furnished. That's what the Bible says. Where the room, the upper room is already furnished. I believe in my spirit that my God has gone to prepare a room for me where I can dwell with Him and the place is already furnished. I wait for His return. When I renew my upper room experience, in the scriptures we see, I don't want to go into that scripture to deviate our attention. 
the scriptures mention about how people decide they disciples they waited 120 people they waited they waited they waited and then bible says there was a sound of a wind from heaven and then they say talks about how holy spirit decided descended on them like like fire in the old the new testament we all we all know the scripture portions we understand the presence of god denotes the fire of god almighty wherever the fire works one of the things that it does it's that it will purify you the fire will purify you pentecostal movement started with a purification the purifying of their heart and their mind and holy spirit sealed each one of them you know what the wind does when as whenever there's a strong wind that flows whenever we see a strong breeze it will take away all the dead plants dead leaves throw it away sometimes what we will do is make a way not every wind will bring a destruction in your life there are some wind that comes from god almighty that is a way opener for your life and i am praying as we gather in the house of god as we seek his face this is our upper room continuing here let's have an upper room experience every day and when we gather in the presence of god let the wind of the almighty god open new doors for us and the fire of almighty god renew us continuously in his presence because as we look at the face of jesus he renews us he renews us i want every eyes closed right now no distractions at all nobody looking here and there for the next few minutes every eye closed but i want your your voice to come out from the bottom of your heart and say god i am ready to experience your upper room once again i am ready lord i want to be filled with the holy spirit i want to renew in my anointing 